Hi guys, my name is Jackie. And my name is Coral. And together, we are The View From Pod, a weekly podcast where we talk about the music that we are currently obsessed with and the stories and emotions that it brings out of us. Hi, Jackie. (laughs) Hi, Coral. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? I am good. I've had a busy day, an early day. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, I went to go watch my three-year-old nephew play soccer for the first time. Oh, it was the first time? It was the first time. Well, the first time I was watching him Mm -hmm. and like went to one of his games. Mm -hmm. And Jackie, it was the cutest shit ever. (laughs) (laughs) Louis' little kids. It's first of all, tiny ass um, courts. Oh. Tiny ass goalie like posts. Oh, oh my god! And it's three versus three, mm-hmm. and their little shin guards are huge on them, as are their shorts. <laughs> so you just see these little miniature creatures running. <laughs> all six of them running like uh, like towards the ball uh-huh. and chasing each other and tripping over each other. That's so cute! It's the cutest thing ever. And he did score two goals. So shout out to Noah. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a fun way to start my morning. Oh my gosh, that'd be so cute! Like if he went pro. Thinking back to the humble days. Trust oh me, gosh. his dad wants all of his boys to go pro. So <laughs> one way or another, he's going to make it happen. I Oh my gosh. Kids playing soccer is so cute. Yeah. Um, I love soccer. Mm-hmm. And I have played from ages maybe like 6 to 10. Okay. Um, I wasn't very good, Coral. I wasn't very good, but I was very fast. And so I was able to outrun people. Yeah. Um, but my mom likes to tell me this a lot apparently yeah. like I would get the ball which is great yeah but I was going the wrong way and so Ooh. all the parents in the bleachers were like no Jackie go the other way go other the other way, way. And I was like okay and so I was still good people were trailing behind me yeah in my dust I go 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 I see the goal I kick it real hard and it goes right past the oh. post oh my gosh oh <laughs> not my gosh. even close cool I was in front of it I don't even know how I missed it That's and okay. to this day yeah wow that was a long time ago. That was maybe like 22 years ago. Hey. I remember that day very fondly. You remember that exact memory of you not kicking of it not into the kicking goal. it. I do remember that. I don't remember going the wrong way, though, but I believe my mom. I mean, <laughs> but that's okay. You were little. It's I fine. was little. We learn. Yes. Live and we learn. Exactly. And then I joined track, and it was all better. I was going to say, maybe <laughs> you needed to go into track or cross country, but I think you figured yes, it out. Yes, so that's good. I figured it out eventually. Good, so, good. That's so all that matters. Good. Little athletes. So I cute. know, they're so cute. So all those little athletes out here listening. <laughs> listening to the view from Pod. <laughs> Continue to chase your dreams. Literally, no pun intended. No pun intended. But make sure you go the right way. Yes. Don't <laughs> score on yourself. Please don't. Don't own goal yourself. So, Coral. Yeah. I'm excited about this week's episode. Me too. It's my choice. We are going to talk about All Right by Kendrick Lamar. One of my favorite songs, one of my favorite Kendrick albums, To Pimp a Butterfly. And I chose this song because, I mean, we're going through tumultuous times right now, mm-hmm. you know, to say the least. And the song came out in 2015. And 2014, 2015, there was just a lot of stuff going down. A lot of black people being shot by the police, a lot of protests, and... I was abroad at the time doing my master's and so being so far away and looking at the news and I remember calling my sister and being like, yo, it looks like the wild wild west out there is is 
that really what's going on? She was like, yeah, it's not great. Mm -hmm. And so me personally, I was just feeling some type of way. And then I listened to this album and this song in particular is like a balm for your soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, And what I think is interesting about this song is I don't believe it was written for this purpose. I think it was just written and released at the right time. Yes, coincidentally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting how the song came about. Pharrell actually created the beat and six months later got the hook, We Gonna Be Alright. And Kendrick wrote the lyrics around that, but he actually was inspired after a trip going to South Africa. And he saw the jail cell that Nelson Mandela was in. Mm -hmm. And as you all know, Nelson Mandela was in prison for 27 years and a lot of that time in solitary. So Kendrick was like, I mean, there's a lot of shit going on here that is even kind of worse that's in America. And so whenever he was going about that song, I think he had that in mind. And he mentions apartheid like the word apartheid. Yes, I did catch um, that. I don't, I don't remember if it's in the song or if it was just in the video, in the, oh, the music video. Perhaps. I forget, but use that word in particular. And then just with all the shit happening within the state and it just turned into this track, which I believe he's mostly, he's mostly talking about like his experience, yes. of course, as a, a black man coming from humble beginnings mm-hmm. and, and being in the spotlight. So he's, he's mostly talking about himself, but I think he's fitting himself just in the general context of being in America and what it's like to be black in America. Yeah, and I was reading and doing research and the way I see it, Kendrick Lamar is a revolutionary artist, not just because he's mixing jazz and spoken word and all of these different elements and like meshing them so well. I was telling Jackie, the way that he kind of combines everything is so natural Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel forced. Yeah. Whereas other artists who have tried to do this, you know, use spoken word in various aspects of a song. Sometimes it's just too, um, it just seems like it's too sectionalized and it doesn't flow. But with him and his music video, which we'll get into in a little bit, Mm -hmm. it just, it works. Like that's Mm -hmm. all I can say. It just works and it flows. And I think that's what sets him apart from all these other artists who try to do the same thing. But he's, in my eyes, a revolutionary artist in that sense, um, in his art but also about how, like you said, maybe his intentions weren't for mm-hmm. all right to be, you know, talking about what's happening exactly mm-hmm. like in the specifically moment. specifically police yes, brutality. Exactly. Yeah. But the fact that this song was released in 2015 mm-hmm. and this was where the movement for Black Lives mm-hmm was starting and I think that's the year in 2016 in July the movement for black lives held its first conference at the Cleveland State University and what happened I think at that moment is that's when all these rallies and protests were starting to become a thing here in the states and the fact that they started using the hook we gonna be all right as you know a chant or just something to say during these moments, they kind of became an anthem mm-hmm. for various, you know, demonstrations. Yeah, and also I think this is during the time where, of course, we knew Trump was campaigning. I don't remember when he actually like said he was running for president, but mm-hmm. everyone was still kind of making a joke about it. Oh, but it was then, a complete like, joke. Yeah, but then slowly you're like, oh my gosh, like he's serious about this. this the people is a that real like thing. him are serious, you know. And I I think that's what was also fueling all these demonstrations. Right. And again, you know, during this administration, 
uh, racism, which has always existed, mm-hmm. but I think now has become a little more apparent, mm-hmm. and certain people are more vocal about these feelings that they have. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I try to be optimistic. Yeah. And I am trying to focus on the fact that more allies, more advocates are also coming to the side of trying to be supportive. And I know we talk about, unfortunately, certain people that do try to disguise themselves as allies Mm -hmm. sometimes may have their own agendas, which is terrible. Yeah. And I don't agree with that and you know it's a shame but Mm -hmm. we do have those people but also we have the allies who are genuinely interested in supporting various movements for the right reasons and that's what I try to focus on but like I said Kendrick Lamar is using his platform using his voice Mm -hmm. to shed light to the situations that are happening around us Mm -hmm. and for that reason I appreciate him so much more you know yeah and also like his previous albums are well one he's the subject matter Mm -hmm. like him personally his his family yeah he always talks about his story and i think that's kind of unique because i mean you when you hear a lot of rappers when you ask about lyrics i mean a lot of them are kind of like oh we're just kind of making this shit up oh this isn't me this is yeah this didn't really happen yeah which is fine right you know like like you do you but Mm -hmm. i always thought it was really it was kind of cool how kendrick was able to articulate all the different points in his life Mm -hmm. the good times and like some of the traumatic times right and always has little i want to call it skits but like Mm. dialogue in yeah. between song and even the stuff that he talks about. Yeah. And I think that takes a level of vulnerability. Absolutely. Um, and also something that you can't dispute. Like, no mm-hmm. one's going to, like, no one can dispute your story. You can't deny his story. Exactly. And that's what makes it powerful. Yeah. And I think by inserting his self in the wider context, mm-hmm. I think it almost it makes the movement even that more alive. Yeah. And absolutely. human. And, yeah. I, and I feel like people forget that part. You know, the whole idea of Black Lives Matter doesn't right. just, doesn't mean matters above anyone else. No. It's frustrating when people yeah. think that. It's not about that at all. Right. But it's because just respecting human life right. that we are witnessing mm-hmm. isn't being respected. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So like, heavy, heavy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> heavy stuff, of course. But even though Kendrick probably didn't write this song with police brutality and BLM in mind. Mm -hmm. All of his, like, his music video and subsequent performances, like, iconic performances, do have that theme. Um, One of his, like, more notable performances before we go into the music video was um, at the BET Awards. He was on top of a cop car. There was someone with a massive American flag just waving it around. There was fire. There There were dancers in the audience. It was such an emotional performance yeah and also like he didn't give a fuck but i don't think it was in a disrespectful way no you know i think he was just expressing not only himself but what a lot of people thought and kind of like what you were mentioning before using his platform to i mean telling the truth even though it was so controversial yeah I mean, I think that was, again, pretty revolutionary. Exactly. Of him, you know? And I bet he's inspiring so many younger people to be able to speak out in that way. And he did get a lot of shit. Mm -hmm. And he did, but I mean, it was expected, you know? Mm -hmm. And he still kept doing performances. 
Yeah. Like that. And this music video, it's quite a long video. I think it's like maybe five and a half minutes. Yeah, I think it's closer to the six minute mark. Yeah. Which is a little bit longer than most. I know, because I hadn't seen the music video until like prepping for this episode. Uh But you know me, I don't look at music videos. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Which you need to start looking at. Yeah, because I'm noticing they put a lot of effort into it. very intentional. (laughs) I know. Uh, but this, with this video, it's all in black and white. Mm-hmm. It starts off with a bit of spoken word. A part that I like, I know you liked it too, Coral, mm-hmm. um, where he's going into the first verse. And it's him, School by Q, Absol, and J-Rocks, part of like the whole black hippie group that they're a part of. Um, and they're in this car. They're moving, and then the camera pans out, and it's four police officers kind of holding it up, kind of like a chariot. Yes. You know? That's, I saw the bars. Yeah. Yeah. They're coming out. Exactly. And then there's so many scenes of just, like, just really a group of black people enjoying themselves. Yeah. Because that's another thing out of Black Lives Matter, and even people that aren't necessarily with the movement, just the idea of black joy and being able to express it mm-hmm. is something that I mean I'm noticing people are just expressing it a lot more mm-hmm. and a lot and openly and I feel like this video really highlighted that yeah which was great and it was yeah. from just a variety of communities and like in his hometown mm-hmm. his and in neighborhoods Compton. that yeah. he grew up in Exactly. And th- throughout all of this, he's like just flying through the air. Yeah, like Harry Potter, just <laughs> like, floating around. Yes, I think that was what he was going for in this video. <laughs> he's like, I need to channel Harry Potter. That's exactly because, what he's doing. Yes, that's what I think too. <laughs> um, but yeah, getting a bird's eye view mm-hmm. of, of just all of this happening. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the video, I believe he's like on top of a lamppost. Yes. And there's a police officer who like has his hand up in a like a finger gun Mm -hmm. and then shoots him and Kendrick falls to the ground has the rest of like the the spoken word bit of the song Mm -hmm. and then smiles yeah at the end so yeah so you see a lot of police officers you see certain scenes of police brutality and again it's all in black and white which perhaps could have been purposeful yeah you know because because I mean it is all black and white It's it's how the black community sees themselves in their situation every day you know like and then it's how perhaps an outside perspective mm-hmm. just sees perhaps these groups um of people who are driving around i mean you don't know you don't know i don't know what goes on in their mind but i think it's very intentional yeah i think so too because when i think of things being in black and white it's like it's it's fact yes <laughs> you know like you can't dispute it it's very clear cut and i feel like a lot of people like to deny that this shit is happening Mm -hmm. and you know and again and not just to black communities right it's happening to a lot of (laughs) to a lot of communities you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but i mean at the moment right now it's really hard to dispute just the the disproportionate level of just of police brutality amongst black people yeah and what i also it just clicked to me now whenever lamar is flying you know around the neighborhoods Mm -hmm. um of compton i feel like perhaps now that he's older i think he's like 33 or something around Mm -hmm. his 30s right Mm -hmm. and he's seeing a lot of these situations that he himself was in Mm -hmm. in retrospect so he's kind of looking at this what's happening currently right now yeah from above he's lived through it he knows what goes on in his neighborhood 
and he's he can now kind of start to process mm. it. I think whenever we're living through things, mm-hmm. sometimes we don't have the chance or the time yeah. to process certain events, certain, certain situations. Mm-hmm. But I think he's at that point in his, yeah. in his life when he's fully processing it. Yeah. And he's it's clicking. Oh, this is fucked up. Yeah. What I lived, what my people are living through, what my friends, what my family. Yeah. And that's what I'm mm. seeing when he's floating above from looking at it from above, looking down. Yeah. He's lived through it. No, I think that's exactly it. Because with the album prior, Good Kid, Mad City, all he talks about is basically his youth mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. and all the fucked up shit that happened to mm-hmm. him and that he was a part of. That was awful. Mm-hmm. You know? So again, he's very open about all that stuff. But I also think his music has matured from it as well um from not being ashamed Mm -hmm. of that past but kind of embracing it turning it into art but then also kind of paying it forward in regards to inspiring other people right absolutely you know what i mean so while this song was of course very applicable in 2015 i mean unfortunately it's been applicable gosh the past five years yes um but especially now after of course the shitstorm of a year we've had but also just the past summer and to be frank even now like i unfortunately i think more incidences are gonna happen in the weeks to come in the weeks to come and it's exhausting i don't even think you have to be black to realize how exhausting it is but i know just for me personally of course being being black and also being really into the news i listen to the news all the time. Shout out to New York Times, The Daily, mm-hmm. <laughs> and NPR's Up First. I listen to them every <laughs> every morning. But especially, oh, when was it? I think I really think it was like a week before George Floyd. There is an episode on Ahmaud Arbery and just talking about that. And that was the first time. And I mean, you hear stories mm-hmm. of, of the men and women killed by police, but that was the first time I was listening to it. And I just broke into tears. Mm-hmm. And I think just because of, well, one, I mean, he was around our age and was out for a jog. Like, it could literally happen. It could have been you. It, it literally could have happened That's to anyone. That's what thinking now. That could have been me. Yes, exactly. And, of course, it doesn't ha- help that, like, in, excuse me, in Dallas, when that one kid was shot in his own apartment. Yes. Eating ice cream, which, uh, which we were like, well, that was... Uh, freak accident and so you're kind of in the headspace that this really can happen and at any time and it doesn't matter where you live no you know or what your job is there's just so many things that don't matter it's so random and that's really scary you know it seems to kind of hit closer and closer to home and that is very exhausting and so listening to songs like this really refuels me and kind of keeps me motivated to press on Mm -hmm. because I think what happens is when it gets too hard that's when a lot of people drop off yes you know and it's kind of like to be honest even like when you're working out for example like you get tired yeah but when you push through it I mean it's you getting it's you getting stronger exactly and I know that it it sounds a bit cheesy but it's it's our reality and you almost you have to train yourself to be able to, of course, acknowledge all the shit that's happening, but also that you need to move on with your life. Mm-hmm. That can be really hard. And then you have songs like this, and especially, again, Kendrick talking about his story, all of the stuff he went through, and not only will he be all right, look at his career. Right. I think he's like an example of what you can do when you acknowledge that pain and that fear and do something with it, channel it into something. 
Um, and I also think that makes it more powerful that he's not just talking about it. Like, he's a great role model to, re- to anyone. Yeah. I think. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So getting into the lyrics, right off the bat, um, something that came out to me was when he sings, All's my life I has to fight. All's my life I... And then it trails off. Mm-hmm. I was looking at an interview by MSNBC, and they interviewed Alice Walker and asked her about Kendrick Lamar quoting her work um, in reference to The Color Purple. Mm -hmm. And she said, and I quote, I'm happy for him. I think he's understanding that that is the truth of it, especially for poor people and people of color in this country. We've had to fight all of our lives, and it's a good thing that we can talk to each other across generations, Mm -hmm. end quote. And this is so true, and I think it's true to all the minority groups here, in the the U.S. Mm -hmm. because even if we didn't acknowledge it, we've been um, taught to be cautious all of our lives. Mm -hmm. But the fact that in this song, Kendrick, and what stood out to me um, where she says, it's a good thing that we can talk to each other across generations. Mm -hmm. To me, Kendrick is being this bridge between millennials and Gen Z Mm -hmm. who perhaps haven't gotten acquainted with works such as The Color Purple, which are super important, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's a shame sometimes, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, These kids are smart, Jackie. Like, Mm -hmm. they know what's happening, but at the same time, they can't be, in my opinion, they need to be educated and be familiar with these huge works of, you know, um, that exist out there. But the fact that Kendrick is incorporating it into his song, Mm -hmm. he's, in my mind, that bridge to millennials or Gen Mm -hmm. Z, and I loved that. Yeah. I think that's super important, and I hope that him, alongside other artists, continue to do that. Yeah. I think so, too. And I think he's built enough trust with his fan base. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I feel like just his reputation Yeah, as an artist, like, I think he has a pretty decent reputation. Maybe not with Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But I think that he's respected enough yeah. where people would listen to him. Yeah, he's a Pulitzer Prize winner. I mean, he was the first artist to get that award, and that's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fun fact, guys. Uh, Won a Pulitzer for Damn. Yes. Yeah, for the writing in Damn, which is great because, I mean, we've talked about his big thing is storytelling, Mm -hmm. and that's what he does through his albums. Um, And I think just in regards to the... His choice in genres, since he mixes them so Mm -hmm. much, um, whether or not to use spoken word from what he's written or Mm -hmm. referencing from like other black artists yeah i think he crafts this yeah like he knows what he wants to say and so he's he's crafting it to make sure that that message um is expressed in the way that he intended yes and that i mean that talent got him honored for pulitzer i was super surprised when i heard it yeah, um, I think that's a lot awesome. of people were, but mm-hmm. I mean, looking back, yeah, he's done more than enough to deserve that, in my eyes. And I think I heard in an interview that he even considered himself more as a writer. Oh, you know, I love that. No, I I love that too, and I mean, it's super evident in just his lyrics. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Something else I like in this song is he's very open about his struggles with depression mm-hmm. and this transition to kind of like this famous life. And he has a lyric that says, drown inside my vices all day. So to me, that kind of 
sounds like really self-medicating mm-hmm. with these vices, if it's drugs or sex or blah, 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 blah. But, and again, with a lot of communities, but especially the black community, any discussion about mental health is just so stigmatized and especially for black men. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. men in general, but him being so open about it and something else, maybe because like I'm, I'm super passionate about mental health awareness. It is applicable to everyone. And especially in the context right now of just like race relations, mm-hmm. I, I hear some, some news outlets referring to the summer as the summer of racial reckoning. reckoning. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I mentioned before, like kind of how it can be draining emotionally. Mm-hmm. All of that is what impacts your mental health. And when your mental health is impacted, that's going to that's going to come across in literally everything you do, how you treat people, how you treat yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think Hendrick goes into that in regards to acknowledging that he, I mean, he is using these vices because it's just a lot for him. Right. It's, it's a lot for him to handle. And again, I think him using his life in such a honest and open way I could see a black kid hearing that at 15 and thinking, well, Kendrick went through it. Mm-hmm. And if, if I'm feeling some type of way, then perhaps it's okay. Yes. You know? 100%. Yeah. It's almost like reinforcing the fact and Kendrick telling his audience that it's valid to feel these things yeah. when perhaps they haven't heard mm-hmm. that affirmation from, unfortunately, another person in their lives. Mm-hmm. So I think, and the, th- the fact, I think Kendrick is a genius and he's super smart, but the fact that he acknowledges and knows and recognizes that he does have these vices, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, part, it's part of the process, you know? Yeah. It's part of the recovery process and it's just... Like you said, it could make all the difference in the world mm-hmm. for a young teenager to listen to this artist that mm-hmm. is a multimillionaire yeah. that has all the success yeah. saying, it's okay, I went through this, I'm still going through this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get through it. And I think kind of like tying this all together, because essentially this song and really this album is all about empowerment. Mm-hmm. in dignity. I know people that are kind of into the whole human rights realm, we mm-hmm. talk about that a lot, just how everyone deserves to have dignity. Yes. And so when you see people being beat up by cops, when you see people being disrespected or killed, that's a denial of dignity. Yes. And so I, I think what Kendrick is doing is kind of helping people in that process of kind of reclaiming that power Mm -hmm. focusing on that self-empowerment almost as like protection because racism is not going to go away i know we want a peaceful world but reality is in our lifetime we're not going to see racism go away we're not going to defeat it in this lifetime no people don't like to hear that and it's it's so funny to me because sometimes i get these strange looks like well why don't you think it yeah. can or why are we pe- why are you being pessimistic right no we're being realists yes you're, you're being realistic and something that i'm always concerned with is people of course need to fight the long fight the good fight i'm concerned about your every day yeah <laughs> and how you're going to get from each day yes what you can be doing now and i think that comes from within mm-hmm. i think that comes from your community yeah um, your family, your social circle, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? There are a lot of, I think there are a lot of things you have to create for yourself so you can have that resiliency and that grit 
to not just survive in this environment, right. but actually thrive. Thrive in it. Right. Yes. It's not enough to just survive. That's what no. really frustrates me. I think people focus so much on just surviving. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much more. Like, it's it's a privilege to live right. in America. It is. But not everyone is afforded that privilege, which is a damn shame. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So at the end of the day, if you know your worth, if you know you have dignity and you treat everyone around you with respect, I think that's that's what's going to pull you through. And I think this song really encapsulates that. And yeah, I just think it's it's super important and that's why I chose this song. I love it. I love all of it. <laughs> you know, guys, we like to shake it up <laughs> and keep it. You know, I'm not even going to call it heavy. I think it's thought-provoking. Yeah. You know, cuz yeah. we, we and want it's real. To... Yeah. Real conversations that should be happening and mm-hmm. that we are having in this safe space that we are creating. Yes. And again, guys, music heals. Music heals. <laughs> you learn through music. For real. You can relate through music. Exactly. Hashtag the view from pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we do have a couple songs you would like to suggest if you enjoy this track. So actually, Coral and I, we're both massive J. Cole fans. I love J. Cole. You know, and K.O.D. just dropped out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in 2018. And that album also is pretty um, thematically. Yes. It's pretty heavy. And it he is. also talks about... Um, his mental health. Yes. And he also talks about self-medicating. Yes. And so that album is so, so, I feel like it's very candid Mm -hmm. and he's mega vulnerable, but he's talking about how that's making him a better person and a stronger person. So I thought that reframing was really interesting. And in regards to the song, I chose 1985. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know a lot of people have a, a lot of opinions about this song. I like how it's kind of like an old school beat, mm-hmm. and you know he's talking about someone in, in particular. <laughs> yeah, um, who was it? Like, I think it was talking about Lil Pump. Lil Pump. Yes. <laughs> These names, guys. <laughs> but at least it's not Lil Dicky. <laughs> no. Even though that that, sh- that show on FX is actually pretty good. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll co- maybe we'll do one of his songs. Ma- <laughs> I no promises. <laughs> No, <laughs> but watch a Dave on X- on FX. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> yeah, but the song. I mean, it's so funny. I can I can see how someone would be like, oh, he's an old man, just kind of talking down to these young rappers and mm-hmm. telling them what they should be, like prioritizing and stuff like that. But I mean, the lyrics are fire. He's taking shots at everyone, <laughs> you know, like yeah. of rappers that are kind of just doing this to make money and bitches. Mm-hmm. Talking about white people who are kind of like appropriating this culture. Yes. Shots fired. I actually went to this concert. I forget the name of it. It was like in the fucking parking lot of Fair Park. <laughs> what? It was, but oh, you that know, music video or that, that music, music festival. festival. I yeah, remember. It was literally the worst thing I'd ever went to, but J. Cole was performing and I just went to go. And what was fascinating about it was it was a very diverse crowd. Again, I had no idea why people liked this music. Mm-hmm. Again, nothing bad. I was just surprised. Y'all, everyone had basketball jerseys and Jordans on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like a costume. Oh, my god! All the girls had tube tops and, like, cut-off shorts. Some were, like, taking pictures where they'd mm-hmm. be, like, squatting on the ground. Oh, my gosh. And then looking back, like, I looking back at it. I know what exact pose you're talking about. <laughs> and... 
Oh my gosh, it was wild. That being said, y'all, it was like the nicest concert in that you, oh. of course, you you bump into people. Yeah. People that bumped into me yeah. were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, Are you okay? I, I thought that was that. hilarious. Oh my um, so I will, I will give people that. But yeah. whenever J. Cole came on, and it's great, he started at nine on the dot, even though everyone else was we taking some time. a king that stays on time. Yes. I would... Yeah, so it was great. But whenever he started doing the song, up to that point, of course, everyone was singing his lyrics. They were saying the N-word a lot. Mm -hmm. And just in our space of the crowd, it was just me and my other people of color friends. Mm -hmm. Um, But whenever this song came on, there there was a particular line. These white kids love that you don't give a fuck because that's exactly what's expected. When you're skin black, they want to see you dab. They want to see you pop a pill. They want to see you tatted from your face to your heels. And somewhere deep down, fuck it, I got to keep it real. They want to be black and think your song is how it feels. Y'all, the expressions in the crowd were hilarious. like quiet It was quiet. Only, and I hate that I did this, y'all. Me and my friends, whenever the line, they want to be black, your song is how it feels, we screamed that. God, I'm such a fucking... Oh, gosh. Not my finest hour, y'all. But it was just... It was so interesting because you just saw the the kind of, like, almost embarrassed faces. Yeah. Calling them out. Calling them out. And I was like, okay, J. Cole. I thought that was fascinating. I love him. I love him. Right? I thought that was... I thought that was great, so... He's a savage. Yeah. And see, that's a, that's another thing, y'all. Like, he talks about all the shit that he went through, mm-hmm. and it fired him up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was ready to just kind of, to keep it real, to, t- to tell it like it is. So, this song's fun. I love it. <laughs> I love all of that. Um, we will probably do a J. Cole song in the future. Oh, yes. For sure. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> my song recommendation, um, and it's kind of like an obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it, is This Is America mm. by Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover. And again, Oof. I will probably do a song that's his in the future episodes. Mm-hmm. One, that kid is so fucking talented. So talented. I mean, he can do anything and everything. Yeah. But that's on another episode. But yeah, this was the obvious choice. Mm. Again, like Kendrick, with the music video, the visuals, mm-hmm. the lyrics, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's was released in 2018. So, of course, literally while mm. we're in the midst of it, like literally right now. Yeah. Um, and I think people do also kind of use this song as another theme for what's going on yeah. you know people will reference this is america when something happens and you didn't think it was going to get crazier and yeah. they're literally quoting his song mm-hmm. so again this is another choice an obvious choice but i think one that needed to be said yeah this song to, to be honest i don't think the lyrics are really anything but I think the video yes. just speaks for it. Right. I thought the video was incredible. And just Absolutely. all the like the hidden like nuggets and meaning in yes. it. All the Easter eggs, all yeah. the subtle I mean not so subtle hints, but that's what makes it like Kendrick. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it great because he's not afraid to address it. Yeah. And the fact that he addressed it so brutally honest. Mm-hmm. That's what needed to be said exactly. in 2018. And now, you know, we yeah. need that. We need these conversations to be occurring. Yeah. So that people, one, you can't ignore this, mm-hmm. but it needs to be out there for people to see. Exactly. And, I mean, I think people can interpret lyrics. 
in lots of different ways. Mm -hmm. But with visuals, or at the very least with this video, Mm -hmm. I don't think you can interpret it any other way than what he intended. Right. And I think that takes extreme talent to do. It does. So yeah, I agree. The song's dope. Cool. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. I hope that it kind of helped start a dialogue, got you thinking about a lot of things. And we know these topics are heavy. Of course, this is pretty heavy time. But Mm -hmm. we want you to know that your thoughts are valid, your story is valid, and you are valid. Hashtag mic drop. He ruined it. Thank you for listening to The View From Pod. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The View From Pod, where you will share my choice of songs for the upcoming episode. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review, and please make sure you vote. And not four out of five stars, please.